This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That to be joined on Football CFB today by Adam Hamill, a player who has played at Liverpool as a kid, also had spells in Scotland with Dunfermline and St Mirren, played many, many times in England with Barnsley, Wolves, Middlesbrough and a few others as well, now at Derry City. First of all, Adam, how are you? Hi, yeah, not too bad, yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm not bad at all and, and I have to be honest with you, I find your, your latest career move to, to Derry City very interesting because they're a very historic club in Irish football. How have you settled in so far? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, the, the lads and the coaching staff have been uh, magnificent since day one. Um, you know, it's been very stop-start with obviously all that's going on um, and then we had an international break so we're just looking forward to, to playing again and uh, hopefully getting more points on the board. And in terms of getting back to playing again, just what's it been like with the situation at the moment where football was stopped for so long, there's not going to be many fans allowed in, if any? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I've, I've always said the fans are the heartbeat of football. Um, they can obviously get you across the line in certain games and having that support is massive. So it, it can be a little bit difficult, but... You know, we're professionals too. Um, it's it's our jobs to go across that white line and to perform to our capabilities. So it, it's been a little bit uncertain. It's been a little bit strange, but you know, we're still in the job that we love. Absolutely, and and, and as 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 fans as well, we're just desperate to to get back in. I want to ask you about what it was like coming through the system at Liverpool, one of the most historic clubs across the globe. Never mind just in England. What was it like going through the academy structure there? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was um, possibly one of the best learning curves that you can have as a young a young lad who's got aspirations to, to play high in football. Um, I, I was very fortunate that I joined at the age of six, signed my first contract at seven, which is really young. Um, I went all the way through the age groups um, and I, I left around about 21, 22, and that was in search of first-team football. Um, you know, that, that was a really tough decision because it, it's a club that I support. I followed home and away. Um, but I had to had to be realistic and understand that opportunities would be limited. Um, and at the time, I'd been on free, free loans away. So I felt like I needed first-team football. And as I say, looking back, um, it, it was the right choice. But it was a difficult one at the time because the love I have for the club... Um, I grew up with some great coaches, some great players. Um, one of them, Steve Highway, he was the academy director. Um, he actually converted me into a winger. So, yeah, we, we were fortunate enough to have the best facilities and coaches and obviously to train day in and day out with the best players. Um, making a step up into the first team set up was fantastic too, to be able to train alongside your, your heroes, the likes of Stephen Jarr, Jamie Carragher, and then... There was obviously quality there internationally with the likes of Chabi Alonso, Pepe Reina. The, the list was endless. But 
it was great just to go in and to learn from these guys. See, when you go in to train with the first team and, and you're, as you say, training with your heroes, how do you approach that? Do you try and go in as confident as you can or do you go in and try and be as quiet as you can and sort of stay out the way as such? Yeah, I think you've got to be respectable um, but also have self-belief that you deserve to be there. Um, you obviously been brought in to train with them for a reason. You must be doing things well. Um, I think it can be daunting for a lot of young players. Um, it's it's that cliche in football. It's sink or swim time. Um, you've got to be able to show that you can handle playing against quality players and hold your own. So, you know, I just went there full of confidence. Um, I always believed in my own ability. Um, so yeah, as I say, it was um, it was surreal to be honest. The the first few days of sitting next to your heroes, having a having breakfast and sharing a coffee. In terms of those guys, we know how good they were on the pitch when they were playing in a match, but just what were they like in training? I imagine the intensity was very high. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was much higher than the match intensity that I was used to when I've ever played in. So it, it was it was difficult at first, but you, you do find your feet. Um, them personally, they, they were great, um, especially Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher. Um, Coming from the academy, they understand the process, the what it takes, and obviously how daunting it can be to go into the first team setup. So they they were great. They sort of take you under the wing, um, make you feel as comfortable as possible. Um, Jamie Carrick is from literally round the corner from where I grew up, so you know it, it was comfortable to to have someone that I sort of knew of already, so to to help me settle in. The biggest honour you can win when you're a, a young player coming through, especially at that time, was the FA Youth Cup, which, which you did. You were part of the team that won that in, in 05-06. Just what was it like coming through at a time when, when the likes of Jay Spearing, who went on to play many games in the first team and, and, and with different clubs, as, as well as a few others as well? Yeah, I think um, that, that group was it had a lot of lads that had been through the academy system, uh, the likes of myself, Jay Speed and Stephen Darby is another lad who, who went on to have a career. Um, and then it was a mix of a few foreign lads who had been brought in by, obviously, the first team staff. Um, yeah, going back through the memories, that, that was a, a great experience to, to be able to play on Sky Sports. It was um, the first leg, we were 2-0 up. Eight, no, sorry, I think it was 3-0 up. Um, and then we had to obviously go to the Etihad and the big guns come out for them. They had Daniel Sturridge playing, Mika Richards in the second game and obviously we held them. We we lost 2-0 but won on the 3-2 on aggregate and yeah, I remember it was it was a proud moment. I had all my friends, family in the in the stands watching on. You're known by so many up here in Scotland for your, your loan spell with Dunfermline as a kid. You go there under Stephen Kenny who's obviously now the Ireland manager Obviously, the club ultimately is relegated, but you do get to the Scottish Cup final. Just describe what it was like playing for Dunfermline at that time. Yeah, it was. It was honestly, it's one of the most enjoyable times that I've had. Um, it was the first loan move away. Um, I remember it was it was between Dunfermline and the Scottish Premier League, or it was then going to League Two, which probably wouldn't have suited my style. Um, I remember the first game which was appealing to me and then made my debut in was Rangers at home so that that was one that got it across the line um, funny enough the the assistant manager Decky he's now the manager at Derry so that was 
one of the reasons why I come to Derry and obviously the, the challenge ahead. But yeah, going back to the my time at Dunfermline, I, I, I did, I really enjoyed it. The, the lads were first class. Um, we had some quality players too who went on to have really good careers and, and the likes of Sol Bamba, Doris De Vries, just to name a few. Well, that's true. As you say, I actually was lucky to, to speak to Doris De Vries recently and, and he speaks very highly about that time for him as a player as well. In terms of the Scottish Cup final, you'd obviously played in the Youth Cup final, but playing in a National Cup final, a completely different kettle of fish, especially when it's against a team like Celtic. Wow, yeah. I, I do. I remember walking out with flags, waving, obviously the music blaring, and then obviously it stops. You, you just hear this... this surge of noise coming from both sets of fans. Um, any any final or any game of that magnitude, it's the first 10 minutes can be a blur. It, it was a million miles an hour and obviously until you settle down into the game and then it, it's not really until after the game that you, you sort of take it all in and realise what such of an occasion you played in. And in terms of yourself, was that loan spell massive for you in terms of really reaffirming to you that first-team football was what you wanted and what you needed even at such a young age? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I went there with the obvious idea of playing first-team football, making an impact as best as I possibly could. Um, I thought I'd done relatively well. I was still young. I was learning the game. Um, But as I said before, it it was one of the most enjoyable spells of football that I had um, I remember the gaffer used to just say to me just go out and enjoy it and just play with a smile on your face go and express yourself um, and, and that's certainly what I did and then obviously coming back uh, I got a loan move to Southampton and a few more in England but yeah that, as soon as you get the, the taste of first team football you, you don't want to go back to to playing now it'll be under 23s or reserve football where there's literally no one in the ground and it, you have a mixture of first teamers coming down and you know people are at different levels so once you get that experience and that that taste of first team football that that's where you want to be after Dunfermline you you mentioned the loan spell at Southampton you signed a new five-year contract with Liverpool as well which must have been a great feeling and then you have loan spells with Blackpool and Barnsley before joining Barnsley permanently what were those other loan spells like for you and also I know this is a long question, but when you signed that five-year deal, did you think there was a realistic path to the first team? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think by signing that, it's obviously an indication that you're doing well and they have high expectations and hopes for you. Um, so, say, yeah, I spent the next three years on loan and if I'm honest, it, it was a big learning curve in, in all the loan experiences in different ways. Um, Obviously, going to a massive club like Southampton, um, it was it was difficult at times because you know you're so far away from your friends, your family, your loved ones. So it's it sort of you, you have to grow up or try and grow up as quick as possible. Um, it's a tough industry to to break into as well. You've got to make sacrifices. Um, yeah, after the three years, I ended up going back and playing a few games pre-season. And for me, it was just a little bit disheartening because I was seeing players coming in going out and then obviously if I was fourth in the pecking order then they would bring another two players would that leave me fifth or sixth regardless what I've done on loan so I, I just become a little bit disheartened by the fact that they were bringing you know other players in from other clubs who I felt 
I was on par, if not better than, and they they were getting the first team opportunities. So for me, it was the it was the choice of just going out and to to trying to find somewhere where I could settle and and to call home. You you leave the the club permanently to join Barnsley. What was it in the end that made you want to go there permanently? I think it was the the fact I was familiar with the place. I knew the the staff there. I knew the players. Um, said it it was comfortable there. Um, it, it was a really good. For me, it's probably one of the best, if not the best time that I've had in football at Barnsley throughout the years. Um, it's a close-knit club. It's family-orientated. Um, you know, everyone's treated with the same amount of respect, whether you're a cook, a cleaner, or a first-team player. So there's no ego there. It, it, was, it was a brilliant place to be around. One of the things I've got to ask you about is that the club's running the Carling Cup. We see Gary Neville on television now and he analyses performances, but you got him sent off in the game that you played against Manchester United by, by basically running him ragged. Yeah, that was a, a really good game for me. I can't really go into detail of what words were exchanged. Um, I think you, you can tell on screen what was said. Um, but just being able to play against them, um, yeah, it was fantastic to, to see where you were and how I was developing. Um, Obviously, I was labelled as though I like big games and big occasions, and I did certainly rise to that game. Um, unfortunately, we lost in that game, the, the class shown. But for a personal note, it, it was just amazing to, to play in such a against such a big team. And um, I remember Mark Robbins was our manager then. Um, he had obviously played Manu. Um, he helped me massively in my career. I, I've been managed by him a few times, and you know, he's probably what got me the move to the Premier League, if I'm honest. He used to keep me behind after training for half an hour, 40 minutes, and we'd be working on cutting inside, shooting little runs off the ball. Just different aspects of to, to my game, so I've become a little bit more unpredictable rather than knowing I'm getting the ball, I'm going to dribble and try and take everyone on just one-twos. And, you know, I hold them in high regard. Well, you certainly do. As you mentioned, the fact you've played under him a few times at Barnsley in that first spell, you were attracting lots of interest from, from Premier League clubs. Wolves are the club you choose to join in the end. What attracted you there? I think it was, um, if I'm honest, I, it, agents and that, they, they get involved. and you, you, Mine can become clouded and your judgment's a little bit off. Um, looking back, I, I did enjoy my time there, if I'm honest. Um, especially the first season, I got a lot of first-team football. and then into the second season a few lads who had long-term injuries come back from injury and then again you've got to go down the pecking order work your way up and I played a few games where I felt like I'd done okay and the next game I wasn't in the stand looking back I was a little bit naive I shouldn't have reacted the way I did but we're all human we've all got emotions the good thing about maturing is that you can look back and learn from it yeah at first I it was just the, the case of playing in the Premier League, being able to say you're a Premier League player and to sort of realise in your dreams of a young boy. What's the difference between playing in the Championship and the Premier League? I know the obvious difference you could say is you're playing against teams like Arsenal, Man United, etc. But is it the pace? Is it the physicality? What changes well, as you move up? Do you know what? It's the, it's the quality. It's the game, believe it or not, it, it's played at a much frantic pace in the Championship. I think in the Premier League, they've got that added quality and they, they can slow the game down when they need to slow the game down. They, they can insert 
pace when they need to and tear pace. But it's a little bit more of a chess match in the Premier League. Uh, if you make one mistake, then more times than not, it'll end up back in the back of your net. Um, it's about making the right decisions, choices on the ball. In the Championship, you could probably be a little bit more expressive. And for me, I, I was I was quite frustrating. But in the Championship, they didn't mind that because they, they knew I could win them a game. So they, they would just let me try things. Um, we're in the Premier League. It's a lot more structured. You play to a game plan. Um, yeah, I, to say physically, it, it was tough. You, you were going against... I remember playing against the Branovich and thinking... It was like a man against the boy. I, I couldn't get round him regardless what I'd done. I'd knock the ball, force out him for pace, and then the arm would come across, and he was like, you're not going anywhere. So, it, it was again, it was it was good learning curve. Um, it's obviously the toughest league in the world. And, yeah, for me, it, it, it was the best best league in the, in the in the world at the time, too. Your, your next permanent move after Wolves was, was to Huddersfield. Was Mark Robbins the deciding factor? He was, yeah. He was. Um, I went in obviously on loan, um, first of all, and then signed permanently. Uh, funny enough, I ended up playing a full season right wing back there, which I surprised myself. Um, I, I, got, I think it was in double figures with assists. Um, and then obviously he left into the, the second season. A new manager comes in with a new trainer for it. And, You've just got to respect the the decisions. If if you if you don't sort of fit in there, you it's you you've got to keep yourself fit and wait for the opportunity to arise. I didn't feel like it did, so you know we we decided to to look at a new adventure. You you played on loan under Steve Evans. I've interviewed Steve. He's an incredible character. What was that experience like? Yeah, he's certainly not. Like a manager I've ever had before, you you only have to look at him at the the touchline the way he is. He's frantic. Um, yeah, the the dressing room, the the dressing dance, even that you can give players. Um, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. And in terms of of that, do you think like going to 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 the Rotherham in that loan spell really gave you the the hunger back to to say to yourself, right? Next season, I want to get back to a club where I feel happy, I feel secure, and I can kick on. And, and Barnsley, of course, were that club. Well, if I'm honest, I, I took a few months out. Um, I sort of, I wouldn't say lost love for the game, but yeah, as I said before, you become disillusioned and you think, is it worth it? And you know, you you, you start questioning yourself. Um, you know, you, you could do without the the expectancy, the the pressure, so it was good to go and clean my head for a few months. And you know, I started playing five side, believe it or not, with my mates again. And you, you start getting that love for the game, you start realizing why you played it as a kid. You know, say, uh, I, I wasn't actually meant to go back to Barnsley. Uh, an agent at the time convinced me and just said to me, Go in and train and just see what level you're at, fitness wise. And obviously, they know what ability you've got that they'd love to have you there. But, just go in and see what you think. And I ended up training for two or three days and then signing in permanently and playing in the JPT first time in must have been about six months and completing the 90 minutes, which was tough. But it was no looking back from that, that day four for me. See, when you talk about falling out of love with the game, do you think that's something that fans don't understand, the mental side of football? Because we only really see what happens on a Saturday. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, 
can be, I can be open and honest about that side. It, it can become tough um, at times, you know, mentally. Um, especially when you're not playing that, that is the worst time for a footballer. People think, oh, you, we do, we're privileged, we're in the best job in the world, we get play, paid well. But at times as well, when you, you're going in, you're not playing and you're questioning everything, you're thinking it's worth it. And for me, it was, it took its toll, like mentally as well. It was training, I was suffering a little bit of depression, anxiety, and, you know, I didn't really want to see anyone because people would be questioning, like, why, why are you not playing? And it was like a broken record in the end. I just had to get away and clear my head. Well, I have to say, that is very open and honest. I myself have suffered from depression and anxiety and I know how, how lonely it can be when you're going through that situation. But going into Barnsley, when, when we look back at your career, obviously you're still playing, but when we look back at that time of your career, you go in, you mentioned the fact that there's the, the, the trophy, you end up winning that Football League trophy and you also win promotion via the playoffs as well. So when you look back, it was a really special time at the club. It was. It was me, the most enjoyable year of football that I've had. Um, I come from uncertainty to to then getting the. Obviously, we we went to Wembley twice and won both games. Fortunately enough, and I had a hand in both games. I think I scored in both and got a match in both, so it wasn't bad. Um, my first daughter was recently born, so she she got to experience it. Um, yeah, it was it was a magnificent year. It was honestly, it was fantastic. Um, and then into the second year, me and the wife and the kids moved down, so to to sort of settle in because it, the driving as well, it can take its toll. It was like two hours in, two hours back, and I wasn't getting any younger, so I, I had to make that decision to to finally move down and to give it a really good shot for the next year in the championship. You mentioned those games at Wembley, and see, to be honest with you, what's come through in this interview so far for me is the fact that you seem to just thrive on playing in the biggest possible matches. Was Wembley the perfect place for you to play football because you knew that as a playmaker, the eyes were on you and you liked that pressure? Yeah, definitely. I think, as um, I said before, I've always been, I've been labelled a, a maverick type of player. Um, I don't think people understand that I actually can defend and I do work hard as well because they, they only see the other side of the game, the creativity side and that. But, you know, especially that year, I, was a, I remember Paul Heckenbottom, who was massive help and um, he, he was brilliant both on and off the pitch. Um, someone asked him, hey, like, obviously you play Hamill because he scores goals and sets goals up and he was like no not also not not just that he said he's key to the way we play he sets up the press he said you know he's leading by example from the front closing down the way he is around the group he said so it's not just that side and it sort of gave me a little boost and another string to me bow how do you reflect on that second spell at Barnsley overall it was brilliant yeah um, it was unfortunate because we, we had a really good side we had the likes of myself, Alfie Mawson, Roberts, James Bree, Connor Hurahan, Josh Gowan, um, Brownhill was on loan. And then it was just in the second year, in the champ- well, first year in the championship, it was like our team got dismantled. Um, you know, it was difficult to, to rebuild. It was, you know, we, we felt if, if we kept that team together, we could have pushed on and maybe towards the top. Of, well, yeah, trying to get into the playoffs was a realistic aim of ours but when teams come calling with the big money then 
unfortunately they couldn't say no and it was a it was a case of rebuilding and then obviously Heckenbottom left and we had a few managers in and it just didn't quite work out I don't know why uh, we, we got relegated on the last day away at Derby that was it was tough that was the actual last game for them so it it wasn't the way I wanted it to end up and you know looking back it was absolutely amazing times for me as a player but also that was the one sour note the the day of relegation why in the end did you decide to move to St Mirren was it a case of you wanted to change of scenery and to try something new well no I, I actually I went away I had a few offers in the, the summer obviously it's abroad um, some in Australia there, there was a few in Europe and it, they were appealing but then I did make contact back with Barnsley and the new manager to come in. Um, he, I spoke to him. He, he came to my house and there was negotiations, but you know there, there was never a contract offered. So I was hung, hoping and hanging on for the offer. They were saying they couldn't do it financially. I was like, look, I'm I'm not really bothered about wages. You know, I just I love it here at the club. I'll, I'll stay for next to nothing. But unfortunately, the offer didn't come. So I had to then turn my focus to the next chapter, which. Owen rang me and, and basically sold me it and straight away again I went I went down and I was a little bit unfit then. It was a case of trying to get back into a rhythm and in my first game um, against Aberdeen I ended up snapping snapping both of my ligaments in, in my shoulder which hindered me for the, the remainder of the spell, even though I'd done well but I was getting injections to play, I couldn't really train and you know, it was a case of then letting that heal through the week and playing on the weekend and towards the end of the deal there that, that's when I felt like I was getting back to full fitness Well I have to be honest with you as, as you know I'm based in Scotland I watch a lot of Scottish football I was really impressed with you in your time at St Mirren and one of the games that obviously for you I imagine comes to mind straight away is the game against Harps Yeah obviously after the first time I scored the double in my career I should have had a hat-trick but in the end, uh, I tried to chip the keeper and got cramped, but that, that showed I wasn't match fit at the time. So, you know, I was also I was playing in a new position. I was playing up front, which I'd never played in. We, we were playing a 3 5 2. And, do you know, I enjoyed it again there because Orton just gave me the confidence and just said, go and play, go and try things. And obviously, you look at some of the goals I scored, and that, that's just what I did there. I, I enjoyed my time there. And then with the next move, it was more of a case of, the, again, there was. Offers. We we were still based in the Yorkshire area, and you know the missus wanted me home, and obviously missing the kids that that was tough. In terms of Oren Kearney, you've talked a few times about how he instilled confidence in you. He's doing really well over in Ireland again with with Coleraine in Northern Ireland, and I just want to ask you for your insight because you're one of the few people that's played under him that I've spoken to. Just what was he like on the training pitch as a manager? He was brilliant. Um, he was. He was for it. He, he knew what he wanted and um, he'd get that message across to the players. Everything was a plan. Everything was set in place that the day of training, everything went smoothly. He knew what he wanted. And, you know, off the pitch as well, he was a great guy. You know, he, sometimes he'd give you time off to go home and see the family. He, he was very understanding in that sense. So, you know, it can, it can range. You, you, you might find yourself at a club where you're a million miles away from home. You hardly get a day off and they're not quite as understanding, but he, he was top class of me. 
Following St Mirren, you go down uh, south again. Scunthorpe, you also have a loan spell before going to Derry, where, where you are now. In terms of the challenge uh, with playing at Derry City, in terms of yourself and having to, to move away, is that something that's really, again, another challenge that, that fans really don't appreciate fully? Yeah, definitely. Well, I first come over and obviously we had to self-isolate and we, we got told in the day of the game we weren't obviously allowed to play. We had to isolate and that, that was the first bit of disappointment that we had. Um, it was then a case of training, getting fit. Um, I think I made my debut against Shamrock and then obviously started against Cork. Um, in that time, my, my family was over for the first three weeks and then I had two weeks or three weeks where I hadn't seen them and the first week was difficult, obviously being by yourself and it, 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 can, be, it can become a lonely place. Um, I'm 32 now, so you know I'm not one of them who's going to be playing the PlayStation with the lads. Um, you know, fortunately enough now, I'm, I'm sharing a property with three other lads. And since I've been here, the, the lads are great. The, the, the hunger, the desire, they come into training, the application, the way they are. Uh, everything's been great at the club. Um, as I said, with the, the pandemic, um, it's been uncertain times. There's been a bit, bit of a stop start with the international break and then we're unfortunate in Europe but we're looking forward to finishing the next six weeks in style and, and really having a go and rather than see what happens we're going to chase it chase the the top four finish and win as many games as possible and you know that I think training especially this week it's been top class the the mood around the place everyone's um, just grounded here they're, they're really good people and in terms of yourself, you, you mentioned the fact you're 32 now. Have you thought about coaching in the future or are you just solely focusing on playing for as long as you can? Well, the short term is obviously just playing, um, enjoying the football again. Uh, yeah, I think that's something that I will ideally go into. Um, it's things that I've done when I was at Barnsley. Um, I used to go in overnight night and just out of the blue and help the, the coaches train the the younger academy lads and it's something I got enjoyment off because they, they would listen to you. You you know, the, you could see a difference that you would make. Uh, you, you can help them. Whereas it, with the first team players, the, it's it's not quite there yet. Um, you've got it. Well, for me, yeah, I think definitely coaching is something that I'd love to do. It'd be definitely something in the game. Um, but that that's hopefully is a few years from now. Absolutely. Just before you go, a few quick fire questions. First one being, yep. who, who was your hero as a kid when you were growing up? It would be, I have three in fact. When I was younger, it's obviously be Mac Manum and Fowler. And then it was obvious, Gerard and Carragher. Brilliant. In terms of yourself, best players you've played with? Um, Chabby Alonso and Stephen Gerard. Best direct opponents? A lot of people ask me this. I'd go for Luka Modric. And he was just honestly, you, you couldn't get near him. He, he's only five foot six, five foot seven, but you, you could not get near him on the pitch. He was always two steps ahead. He, on the day, I remember coming away thinking, "Wow, yeah, that was when he was at Spurs." Brilliant. In terms of managers, who would you say so far in your career has been the manager who you were able to say he got the best out of me? Probably the best out of me was Mark Robbins and it's between Mark Robbins and Paul Heckenbottom. Favourite ground you've played at? 
Um, either the Emirates or the Etihad, I'd go for the Emirates. And is there a particular ground that for you was a bogey ground that you just hated playing at for whatever reason? No, not really. You know, I'm, I used to be superstitious as a kid, and well, in the early part of my career, but you know that that's all all gone now. I think it's just no matter where you're playing, you, you should enjoy football. You, you've got to remember when you was a kid and just play with a smile on your face, regardless of where you're playing. Brilliant. And the last question I've got for you. Based on your career in the game, you've obviously won a few honours. You came through at Liverpool, you've played in the Championship, the Premier League, Scotland, and obviously youth level with England. What advice would you give to any young player listening to this who wants to make it in football? I think it's important to to always believe in yourself, no matter what happens in, in football. People have knockbacks, and you've just got to realise that that's just someone's opinion. Everyone's opinion is different. Uh, just keep believing in yourself, working as hard as possible, and never give up. Brilliant. An absolute pleasure, Adam. Thank you so much Cheers. for joining me. Thank you. Take care. So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean. I'm amazed.